This morning, if you have your Bibles, I hope you bring your Bible each and every week. Let's look in Psalm 127. Psalm 127. This month, we've been talking about bullseye living. Bullseye living. And essentially, here's what we mean by that. Bullseye living is living life in such a way that God and his purposes are our highest priority. God and his purposes are our highest priority. Not that it's just important to us. There are a lot of things that's important to us. But this is something that's so important that it is our highest, most supreme priority. In week one, we talked about this idea of the bullseye. And through the years, I've asked a number of different people this question, what do you want in life? And I've heard, I've heard this in our culture. I've heard it in conversations. I hear a lot of people just say, well, I just want to be happy. And with that, sometimes we'll hear, I just want to be happy, and I want my children to be happy, and I want my family to be happy. And as I consider that, and I think about that, I, I, I have to consider, what if our happiness is not our goal? What if that's not the bullseye? In fact, I would say that the scriptures don't teach that at all, that that's not our end goal, that we're not just to pursue uh, happiness. But rather, if we do pursue happiness and that becomes our, our target, then the danger of that is that when we, when we do something and we sense happiness, then we will abandon our pursuit for the real bullseye, which is pursuing God and his purposes and allowing those to, to be supreme in our life, our primary uh, concern. And if that's what we're headed toward, then we want to search the scriptures and discern and decide, you know, what is it that, that the Lord wants? What is it that this bullseye living looks like? So we began with week one talking about our purpose and that God has created you with a purpose. And last week we talked with that. Not only has God given you a purpose, but uh, we have core values. Our core values are basically, there are principles in life that guide our thinking and guide our actions. All of us have uh, core values. We have things that, are, that guide our thinking, that guide our behavior. Uh, the question is, are our core values, where do they come from? Do our core values come from culture? Do our core values come from uh, scripture? As believers, we should be searching the scriptures, and that's where our core values should come from. And then that leads us to this morning, if we've identified, and I hope you have this week, I hope that you have taken some time to consider your own core values, what they are, and, uh, and the, the necessity and the priority they are for your own life. But then that, that next step, that next aspect for us to consider then is, okay, we have core values that influence our thinking and they influence our behavior, but where do they influence our thinking and behavior? And ultimately, the answer should be in every aspect of our life. I mean, it should impact our faith, it should impact our work life, our, our work ethic, uh, it should impact our relationships with one another, it should impact every single area of our life. This morning though, in Psalm 127, what I want us to do is I want us to focus in on three specific areas of our life, three areas of our life that uh, our core values are going to impact and I think that these three areas are, are, are broad enough in the sense that we can walk away from that uh, with some very practical application for our own lives even this morning. So our core values impact every aspect of our life, every aspect of our life. But we're going to focus in on three in particular that our core values are going to impact. So with that in mind, let's look at our focal passage from Psalm 127. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Uh, 
unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he gives his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward, like arrows in the hand of a warrior. So are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. As I said a moment ago, I hope that this past week, I hope that you have taken some time to consider uh, what are your core values, to even identify them, to to even take some time to write those out and consider these are the core values uh, for my life. And because this week we're going to consider how those, those core values are, are then going to impact our, our specific areas of life, let's jump in with the first one, key point number one. And that's this. Your character is the mortar that God uses to build your life. Your character, it's the mortar that God uses to build your life. Verse 1 in our focal passage says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Now this is a psalm of Solomon. And clearly he is not talking about God building a physical house. Uh, that is not what the passage is talking about. God is not building your, uh, your physical home. Uh, so what is he talking about? Well, God desires to build and help you build a life that's worth living, this bullseye living that we're talking about. That's, what we're, that's ultimately what, what Solomon is getting at. When he talks about unless the Lord builds the house, he is saying unless the Lord is in your life and you're building the type of life that it brings glory and honor to him, then your labor is in vain. So when he uses this this imagery of building a house, he's talking about your very life, the life that you are are making for yourself, the life, the the testimony, even the character. And your character is going to be that mortar. It's going to be uh, what is, is, is holding up and building this house that's laid upon the foundation that is Christ. We see the same theme in the New Testament. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, this is my life verse. Uh, those of you who know my testimony, know uh, uh, my call into ministry as I was uh, a student at the University of Kentucky in the College of Architecture. Uh, God called me into uh, ministry. I was about 19 years old and I can remember distinctly reading this particular passage. And it was this passage that as I was studying this passage, it was this passage that God uh, began to lay upon my heart a calling uh, to ministry. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9, it says, For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. That passage spoke to me. In fact, the the phrase there, a wise master builder, the Greek Greek word is actually where we get the word architect. And as I was studying that and reading that and understanding that, I recognized that God God was calling me uh, not to, to build uh, buildings of, of brick and mortar, but rather to consider building upon a foundation that is Christ and to, and to help others build upon that foundation. 
And God began to work on my heart and I surrendered to the call of ministry because of that passage. But we see this throughout scripture. Solomon saw it in Psalm 127. Solomon was, was recognizing that unless the Lord builds a house, they who labor, labor in vain. He was using this imagery of our life as like a house and, and God is the one doing the construction. And you know, it really doesn't, um, it doesn't take much to destroy, does it? I mean, it doesn't really. I mean, building is one thing, but it doesn't take much. A wrecking crew, demolition team, they can destroy in just a few moments what may have taken months or even years to build. And the, the truth is, the same is, uh, the same is true with our, with our character. I want you to watch, if you will, I've got about a, a short little video clip, if we could. I want you to check out this video clip. was 30 seconds. Now think about that just for a moment. In 30 seconds, what you and I just watched was the, the implosion, the demolition of not one, but two massive buildings. Did you guys recognize the first one? What was the first one? The Lifeway Tower in Nashville. The, earlier this month, Earlier this month, they, they imploded the, the Lifeway Tower. Uh, we've got plans, of, you know, building a, a building, got a brand new building and all of that stuff in Nashville. But in 30 seconds, we saw the, the complete implosion of the Lifeway Tower. And then what was the second one? Georgia Dome. Georgia Dome. And that was back in November. Back in November, they, they imploded the Georgia Dome. And in 30 seconds this morning, in our worship service, we saw the implosion of both of those. Now think about that. What was months, even years of planning, of building? We saw even the building of our own, of our own building, the building that we're in. That didn't happen overnight. I mean, that took a lot of time. It took a lot of effort. It took a lot of energy. But what took a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of energy in building the Georgia Dome, building the Lifeway Tower in 30 seconds was completely unrecognizable. The, the skyline of Nashville changed in the matter of seconds. Our character is the same way. Our character is the exact same way. Our character is something that takes years to develop, to build. And God desires to build your character. He desires to build your character up. And we do that by spending time in God's word. We want to, to, to begin to reflect the image of God. When you and I were created, we were created to reflect the image of God. In fact, even Adam and Eve, when Adam and Eve were created, it says that God created them in the image of God. He created them, male and female, he created them. And they were created to reflect God's image. The problem is, because of the fall, because we have sinned, we are marred in our image and we no longer reflect the image of, of God. We no longer reflect the image of Christ. So now we, we need to invite God into our life. And from the beginning of time, the scriptures tell us that it was God's plan, God's desire for us to be conformed to what? Back to his image. So God is working within us. But you know what? Our character is something that can be destroyed 
in the matter of seconds. It can take a lifetime to build it up and only in a few moments it can be completely, completely destroyed. The truth is it really doesn't take much to destroy at all. I mean, sure, we watched that, and I'm sure a lot of planning went into the, the destruction, the demolition team, and, and uh, the wrecking crew that took all of those things down. But, you know, I, I, think about, uh, I think about children, you know, when they hit two and three years old, it doesn't take much to tear up a room, does it? You know, I mean, you know, not very long at all, and boom, I mean, the room's a mess. Because that's, that's what's natural. Just like destruction, things are going to, to be gone and things are going to be destroyed. Your character is like those buildings. Long process to build character, but it only takes a few seconds and it can destroy it. The Bible teaches that we're either one of two things then. We are either building on the foundation of Christ or we're part of the demolition crew. We're one of the two. We're either on the demolition crew and we are causing destruction and we're tearing down or we're on God's building team and we're building up. We're either building up or we're tearing down. We're either building one another up or we're tearing one another down. We're either building up the church or we're tearing down the church. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to be on God's building team. I want to be on the team that is with God and working with him and I want to know that the things that I'm doing are laying upon that foundation that is Christ and I want to help others build upon that foundation. That's my life calling. That's what God called me to do as a 19-year-old student at the University of Kentucky who said, I want you to pursue building upon a foundation that is Christ and help others to do that. God has actually called all of us to build not just me. God's called all of us to build. We are called to join him in his work. We are called to build our lives. We are called to build our homes. We are called to build our churches. We are called to build the very kingdom of God. That's what we're called to do. And if you want to experience that bullseye living, then our core values are going to help build our character. And our character is going to be the mortar that God uses to build your personal life to build a family, to build a home, to build all the things that God desires to build a church life, to build a family life, to even build your eternal life. God uses all of those things to build and to bring life. So what then does your character look like? What does our character look like? What are we called to look like? What is it supposed to look like? Well, the answer really is, the simple answer is Jesus that's the simple answer. Our character, as I mentioned earlier, you were created in the image of God, but because of sin, that, that image has been marred, and he is working within us to restore us, to bring us back to and conform us to the image of his son. But we have messed that up. So what does that look like? If we know that Jesus is the example, if Jesus is what we are to be like in character, then how do we get there? What do we do? Well, the good thing is, Colossians chapter 3, we give, we're given some insight into the character of a believer. We're given some insight into what this character looks like. In Colossians 3 verses 12 and following, it says, Therefore, as the elect of God, that means that you have been chosen of God, you are his child, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, 
which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which, you, which also you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The scriptures are clear. We are called to build. We are called, that's our, that's our calling, all of us. We are called to build a life that reflects the image of Christ and that's going to be our character. We are called to, to build our church, to build the kingdom of God. And Romans eight twenty nine puts it this way. It tells us that God has had a plan from the very beginning to restore us to that image of his son. So when your character starts to look more like Jesus, then you're headed toward the bullseye. When your character starts to look more like Jesus, we're headed toward the bullseye.